Smile if you're Irish, lad. A little wearing of the green there as we celebrate St. Patty's Day on a picture-perfect night in Peoria, Arizona. Picture-perfect for everybody, but Michael Kirkman, who has seen his night come to an end prematurely, and Rangers fans will now get a glimpse at Mason Tobin. We've seen him in some late-inning duty earlier in the spring. Mason Tobin, a Rule 5 guy that the Rangers got in December. Has not appeared in a game in nearly two years because of a Tommy John surgery that he had in June of 2009. The final numbers on Michael Kirkman, 57 total pitches. He threw 35 strikes and 22 balls. Yeah, I guess you can look at Michael's outing in a couple of different ways. First base is Aaron Cunningham. Andres Blanco, usually a very sure-handed shortstop, makes all the routine plays. They just tried to throw this one a little bit too quickly before he really caught the ball and bounced out of his glove. He makes a strong throw, yeah. but not in time. A pretty quick recovery, but not quick enough, and it goes as an E6. It's the fourth error of the game for the Rangers. And it brings up the top of the order. Jason Bartlett against Mason Tobin. In one regard, you'd have to think Michael Kirkman could have been served a little bit better if the defensive plays were made behind him. But on the other hand, there were a lot of balls hit hard as well. And late, late in his outing, he was falling behind, coming in with fastballs, and the Padres were sitting there waiting for him and took some good swings. Hit the ball hard. Fouled back right over our heads and on the roof above us. Andy Hawkins talking now with Michael Kirkman, who is a little bit of a smile, but it's not a happy smile. Not the way he wanted this night to go. As Tom mentioned, some of the other guys before him have struggled in this round of outings, but. Tommy Hunter may have the benefit of the doubt based on his track record. Derek Holland did struggle in his last outing, though. Michael struggled today. So it's a process, and there's a lot of conversations going on about the rotation, but no decisions will be made for some time. Guys are still in the running. You just have to battle through a bad outing and make it up the next time. In fact, we talked to Wash about some of those decisions that need to be made today and uh, there was a date put on it the 15th through the 17th ish would be the time that they tried to decide about the rotation and specifically about whether or not Naftali Feliz would be in the rotation or be in, in the closers role and Wash has pushed that back now to the end of next week as they continue to try and decide what's the best way to go there and there's a walk by Mason it, Tobin. You know, it's such a tough call it's a little bit easier if all the young kids are throwing the ball really well and you're having a hard time deciding who the rotation is going to be because everybody's throwing well in the event that they're struggling as a group. Now it's a little bit more difficult to decide what to do with Neftali. You you want him as a closer because there's not another bona fide closer. But at the same time, if the candidates for the rotation are all struggling, there's a little bit of a need in that area, too. So. I think that's probably what they're going to be talking about over the next week or 10 days. And every day that unfolds with another one of the candidates going out to pitch, 
I guess you could say that the, the next outing is the most important one. The most recent one could be the one they're making the decision on. Thank you, Kirkman hopes it's not this one. Yeah, it's disappointing. You know, we come into a game with high hopes to keep the performance going in the right direction, to win a job in the rotation. That's a, a huge opportunity for a young pitcher. A lot of hard work goes into it all see all last season, all off season. Now you come to spring training well prepared and then on a night like this it just didn't fall into place the way you want it to. But it's not the end of the world. There'll be another opportunity. And this one chopped high. And a big hop from Michael Young and everybody's safe. Here comes another run to score. He slides and he is in safely. Two runs come in. We'll wait and see how they rule that one. I think they probably have to rule it as a base hit because I don't know that they would have gotten Dinorfi at first base, but there has to be an error somewhere either on Michael's throw That's a nice base or on Tobin for not catching it. Going to be on the pitcher. E1, a single and E1 to allow the runner to get to third. And there are three runs home in this inning. Once again, the Rangers have surrendered double-digit runs after giving up 11 last night. They've already given up 10 in the first three innings of this ball game. Here's Orlando Hudson. He takes a first-pitch strike from Mason Tobin. Wash did acknowledge that yeah they were hoping to make the decision they were hoping to be able to make the decision by this date the 17th of March but the decision on all the pitching the decisions I should say there's more than one but the decisions just aren't there to be made yet so they'll push it back about a week a little more than a week maybe. He realizes that whoever it is that will be in the relief role needs to start getting some opportunities to pitch on back to back days to get ready for that. Now it's three and one to Orlando Hudson. He's got back to back RBI doubles in each of the first two innings. Mason Tobin pitching him carefully here. The pitch is fouled off. Even though Ogando and Felice have been stretched out as starters, pitching on a starter's schedule, I think it'll be pretty easy to get them back into the swing of things as late inning bullpen guys if that's the decision that's made. Even if there's only a week or 10 days left in spring training, because they will have been stretched out, their arms will be strong. I think it'll be pretty easy to get them back into a setup and closer role. Vitali's scheduled to pitch again on Sunday. The 20th is his next scheduled outing. And we will expect him to be stretched out as many as five innings and 80 pitches in that outing. That would be interesting if he lights it up on Sunday. 
Pitches five innings, gives up a hit, no runs, no walks, and strikes out eight or nine. Strike called, and Hudson is out on strikes. Goes down looking. It'll just add to the drama. Will it ever? I believe that the Rangers baseball operations staff is completely mixed on what they think should happen. And when we had Nolan Ryan in the booth during the broadcast last night, I think we even got that from Nolan. I mean, I think they all can talk both sides of this thing. They all kind of realize and understand both sides of the possibilities of making Nefty be the closer or having him convert over to starters. It's just a lot easier for Nefty to be a closer if there's five starters that you're happy with. It's a little more difficult not to look at him as a, as a starting pitcher if you're still not satisfied with a couple of spots in the rotation. There's a strike, and by the end of next week, we should get an opportunity to see each and every one of these guys who are in the battle. Michael Kirkman, Derek Holland, Tommy Hunter, Matt Harrison. We'll have seen each and every one of them by the end of next week so that the Rangers will have a full body of work and all the data available to make an informed decision. It still could be wrong. This one is driven in the gap in right center field up against the wall. There's another run home. And Mason Tobin. Struggling. Jorge Cantu is out there on second base. Well, it's, a, it's amazing the way the, and the Padres are putting a charge in it. I'm not trying to diminish the way they're swinging the bats, but it's amazing how the ball carries. That's a, that's a well-hit ball. It's not like it's a blooper that turned into a rope. It's a well-hit ball, but it's shot out of there. Like the jet stream on certain nights in Texas. Proud of McAllen, Texas, Jorge Cantu. We had a lot of fun with at the end of last season, who had such a big factor, was such a big factor in the Rangers clinching against Oakland, had his first RBI in 83 at bats, and had his first home run in that game to give the Rangers the 4 3 lead that would stand as their margin of victory. In that clinching game. Here comes the ninth batter in the inning. It's Brad Hopp. Fouls it straight back, so it's strike one. Hopp was an all star back in 2009. And a little over a year later, in August of 10, he was waived by the Rockies. Picked up by the Rays at the end of last year. Signed as a minor league free agent, actually. Now he's on a free agent contract with the Padres. One one from Tobin. 
Low for a ball. Chase Headley led off the inning with a ground out to second base, and he now stands in the on deck circle. The second straight night that 10 come to the plate if Mason can't get Hoff. And it's three and one. But all you could say if you're a Ranger in this game, especially Ron Washington, is I'm glad this is a spring training game. One of those nights. Well, these Way games, up. these games aren't fun. No. But the other side of it is every team has them, especially in spring training. You have them during the regular season too. It's part of baseball, but every team has them in spring training. Doesn't make it any more fun to go through it knowing that when you're right in the middle of it, though. That's for sure. And especially not for the guys who are under the microscope, if you will. No. Pitchers in this case, Julio Borbone too. I mean, Julio had that key error in the second inning. Some of the younger guys that are under the microscope, and there's a strike from Tobin. No, no, Julio's got a lot of potential. The Rangers know that. They're giving him every opportunity. But just like last season, toward the end of the season, Ron Washington put the lineup out there that he felt gave him the best chance to win, and David Murphy was in that lineup. David is a veteran guy, more established, more steady. Who still has potential the more he plays to put up bigger and bigger power numbers. And so even a guy like Julio, who's got the inside track on playing center field and playing every day, probably going to get that opportunity. Even Julio can't afford to sit on his laurels, knowing that David Murphy's right behind him. Outside, so Ian's ahead of him, two and zero. Double in the third for Ian. One of only four hits on the night for the Rangers. That one was hit hard, but foul. Rangers still have the top batting average in the American League at 302. That's number two in the Cactus League. Behind only Milwaukee, who's still way up there at 339. Brewers are all in this year. There's Thad Bosley, the guy who's been in part responsible for that good batting average. Way inside and upstairs from Gregerson. Rangers are slugging at a 482 clip, and that too is number one in the American League and number two in the Cactus League behind Milwaukee. Slugs at 531. Kinsler on the ground to his counterpart. Hudson makes the play. And there's one out. That will bring up Andres Blanco. He's got four RBIs on the spring. And has seen his average rise from 154 to 387 in the last 10 games. Strike one for 
Luke Gregerson. We don't get a chance to see the National League that much. We're playing every night. But watching Gregerson just throw 10 or, 10 or 12 pitches, pretty obvious he likes to throw a slider. He's got a good one. Looks like an off-speed pitch, maybe a changeup right there. Something off that one too, and it's outside, so it's two and one to Andres Blanco. He drew a walk in the third inning. Struck out looking in the first. So a guy who was hit safely in nine of ten games would like to extend that streak here. There's an outside chance he would get another opportunity to hit, but it's unlikely. Typically in these spring training games, the guys who start the game will go about six innings. The catcher usually only goes five. We're expecting Taylor Teagarden to be replaced by Matt Trainer in the next half inning. Grounded over toward the Padres dugout and foul. Not a huge traveling party. They only brought one bus over here down Bell Road from Surprise to Peoria. Everett Cabrera is the pinch runner. For Orlando Hudson. And Oscar Salazar is in there now with a big swing and a miss for Jorge Cantu. Balls and no strikes with a runner on first base. That's now Cabrera. After the solid single by Hudson to start the inning. And there's a strikeout for Pedro Stroke. Salazar down swinging. Well, Stroke's given up a leadoff single each inning. In fact, he gave up a leadoff single and a double second and third. Pitched out of it in the fourth. That's a nice strikeout right there. Throwing the ball pretty well. Brad Hopp will not be pinch hit for at least not yet. He'll get another turn. And there's a strike from Stroke. Offensively, these guys have gotten so many reps, so many opportunities already in this game that maybe Bud Black can retire some of them a little earlier than expected in the fifth rather than after the sixth. Swing and a miss. It's one and two to Brad Hoff. Chase Headley will be the next batter. That's the splitter 
that he's come up with, and that's a good one. When you keep it down like that, you entice the hitter to swing, and then he's out of luck because it dives out of the strike zone. Bottom fell out on that one. It hit the dirt. Nice play by Taylor Teagarden to stop it. Taylor is still in there. Although will be replaced eventually by Matt Trainer. There you go. After a couple of those off speed pitches, that mid 90s fastball looks like it's about 102. Brad just wasn't quite ready for that fastball after the off speed pitches that preceded it. Back to back strikeouts then for Pedro Strope, and here comes Chase Headley. Left hander against the right hander. And that one's outside for a ball. That's on the outside part of the plate, and it's a strike. Didn't look like the location was that much different than the first pitch, but it's one and one. And that got behind Taylor. Runners at second. Taylor had a moment where he couldn't find the ball, but finally does with the help of Strope. And Cabrera will hold at second on the wild pitch. Maybe caught the umpire's foot. I think apparently. it did. It misdirected it. Yeah. So it's two and one to Chase Headley. That one's a little low, and it's three and one, a hitter's count. Headley had a bloop single in the first, drove in a run. And he takes a walk there as that one is outside from Pedro Strope. So there are runners at first and second with two out. And Cameron Maben will come to bat. Talked about Maben's athletic ability out there in center field. He comes from a really athletic family. He's got one cousin in the NFL, Aaron Maven, and his first cousin is Rashad McCants, who was an NBA player and a first-round pick by the Minnesota Timberwolves out of North Carolina back in 2005. A couple of good fastballs right there. Almost cut fastballs. They looked like they were going just a little bit away from him. Maven made a big noise with that one back in the third inning. Ahead of Beltre is Qualls. It's 0 and 2. I'll try to make note of the changes here. Not too many so far for the San Diego Padres. Got Everett Cabrera at second base. 
As Adrian lifts this one high in the air and into shallow right field and it goes foul just outside the reach of the sliding Luis Durango who is the new right fielder. Eric Patterson is the new left fielder. Of course Qualls the pitcher so the Padres thus far have made three defensive changes and there you see them right there crystal clear on your screen. It's our spring training signature so far but it's the right fielder the left fielder the second baseman and the pitcher. Those are the spots we've changed. And you see him right there. Durango, Patterson, Cabrera, and Qualls. Who throws the pitch in the dirt to make it one and two to Adrian Beltre. We expect him to be replaced by Chris Davis. Perhaps if he reaches base, there will be a pinch runner. Likely that Chris will play third base for the final three or four innings. Strike called and Adrian is down on strikes. Looked like it was going to be inside, but then it cut right back over the inside corner, evidently. So here comes Michael Young. He's 0 for 2 on the night. Very rare for him, hitting 393 on the spring with six runs batted in. 11 hits and 30 at bats, so the average just a little lower than 393 now. And this one is looped into shallow right center field and diving and making the catch is Cameron Maben. Another one that carried further than we thought it would, and a great play out there by Maven. Well, you see some athletic ability right there. He's almost in straightaway right field when he caught that ball. He went a long way, laid out, and made a beautiful play. And San Diego's home ballpark is a pitcher's ballpark with a lot of room in the outfield, and I'm sure one of the main reasons they went out and got Cameron Maven was to have an outstanding defensive center fielder. I mentioned earlier that there's some similarities between him and Mike Cameron when Mike Cameron was a young player. He looked a lot like Mike Cameron going after that ball. Cameron, a gold glove caliber center fielder. They've been looking like he might potentially be the same thing. Maybe caught that thing with authority too. It's not like he just barely caught it in the web of his glove. He caught that thing with his hand. He had plenty of speed. He'd gotten there in plenty of time. What you would call a web gem. And it's your beat, Tori Alba. Two strikes. That one is called on the outside part of the plate. Low for a ball and it's two and two. Norvite has a double in four straight games. Only a single so far in this one. So he wants to make it five in a row. Need to find the gap here. One of the lines. 
Count runs full now. Three RBIs and two runs in those four games as well. And he's been hitting 667. And he takes a walk there. So Yorby Torrealba is on. And here comes David Murphy. Got Jose Ruiz. Looks like he's going to pinch run. So Jose Ruiz will be the new designated hitter. Norvitz night is done. Probably less than 10 miles from the ballpark in surprise to this ballpark. But that trip down Bell Road can take a long time in the afternoon. A lot of traffic. It's a straight shot, though, right down Bell Road from one ballpark to the other. We mentioned at the outset, this is the original two-club complex that was built out here in the, I guess it'd be the northwest suburbs of Phoenix. Brandon Webb. And Webb, of course, had an outing today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Talking about a time back in 04 when this one's grounded right back up the middle, just under the reach of Tom Cole, and it's into center field. Base hit for Hundley. In 04, Webb was facing Tom Cole. Tom Cole was at the plate. Webb says he threw the first pitch way inside, right at his face. Then he threw two more inside. And um, Tom Cole was just as mad as he could be didn't get to face Webb again to retaliate in any way they met for the next time in the parking lot about three days ago Webb asked him he says do you remember that remember it I've harbored hate for you for six years so lucky they met that way as yeah. teammates I guess yeah that's what I said and I go and now you're immediate friends the guys hated you for six years and he and he now yep, he says now we're buddies so much so that Webb had the video guys either Joey or Connor pull the video of that outing back in 2004 and Brandon says he's got it on his phone now and he can't wait to spring it on Tomko he's going to show him that at bat on his phone that one's outside it's 2-0. Oh. Webb was good again today. He had 62 pitches. The sinker had more sink. Said he threw a couple of really good curveballs. Said he actually threw the worst curveball in the history of curveballs. But he, uh, he felt a lot better about this outing. And the main thing is he still felt great health-wise. Feels like himself. That one's low and the count is full. He says he'd like to take the next step, which would be to pitch in some sort of game-like condition. In this case, he said he threw 40 pitches, took about a two-minute rest, and then threw 21 more, 22 more. He'd like to do it as the walk is given up there to Cunningham or to Eric Patterson. 
now we have another pinch hitter. Kevin Franzen comes in. It's Kevin Franzen with a runner at first and second. And nobody out. Tomko in a little trouble here. And this one is roped into left field. It's going all the way to the wall. One run is home. The other one is stopped at third base, but it's a stand-up double by Kevin Franzen. And the rough night for Rangers pitchers continues. Boy, they are swinging the bats tonight. Hundley's had a good at bat almost every time up. Ball that ended up being an error, but hit to the wall in center field. A couple of well hit doubles, a shot up the middle. He's had three hits. Franson steps up. First pitch he sees, he rips it to left field for a double. Been a lot of hard hit balls by the Padres tonight. Not a good night for the Ranger pitchers. Although Stroke settled down and did a good job. He pitched two shutout innings, struck out four. He looked good. Yeah, he really did. Here's Luis Durango, who's filled in in right field. For DeNorfia. There's a curveball for a strike from Tomko. And another strike. That gets ahead of him 0-2. Finish the thought on Webb. He just wants to get a situation where he gets in a simulated game or something where he'll throw 15 pitches take a break on the dugout come back out and throw 15 more something that more closely simulates what you do as a starting pitcher you generally just don't throw 62 pitches right in a row and tire yourself out said he had no trouble getting loose today of course it was about 90 degrees and bright sunshine this one grounded and foul down the third baseline. Not sure if that will be the next step in the progression for Brandon Webb. Wash hadn't talked to Mike Maddox yet when we had a chance to chat with Wash. So I got a feeling they'll kind of go on Brandon's schedule. This guy's a veteran pitcher. I think if he says, "Look, I want to play, I want to pitch in a simulated game," I think they'll be, I think they would be receptive to that. Another foul in almost the exact same spot. He seems to know the body really well and he seems to uh, really be enthused he had a big smile today not only about the Tomko story but just about the fact that he's not hurting he said it was a 180 in recovery time from his first live batting practice session of 62 pitches to his second one and this one is grounded to first base Moreland's over there now and he makes the play to Tomko run comes home make it 14 to 1 both runners advance Durango drives in a run here comes Everett Cabrera
Low and in tight from Tomko. One out here. At the bottom of the sixth inning. We're in Peoria, Arizona, where the wind has shifted just a little bit. The flags are not blowing straight out to center field anymore. Still a stiff breeze, but not quite as strong and not in the same direction as it was earlier tonight. Wind kind of blowing across towards right field now. Yeah, right field doesn't need any help today. The way those balls are shot out to right center field. A lot of it's had to do with how hard the Padres are swinging the bat, how hard they're hitting the ball, too. That off day that the Padres took yesterday served them very well. Each team gets one day completely off. And that for the Padres was yesterday. Strike called there. Only the guys who pitch, uh, who are, who's, whose turn it is to pitch, are forced to work on that day. There's a high fly ball, but in shallow left field. Coming on to get it is Chavez, and he holds the runner at third with a pretty good throw. So next Tuesday, when the Rangers have their off day, the same guys who are pitching today are scheduled to pitch. It's Colby Lewis and Michael Kirkman and those guys who are scheduled to pitch. We asked Ron Washington if he would be a part of watching Colby's outing next week, and he said, no, next Tuesday's the off day. We said, what about Colby? He said, too bad for Colby. Yeah, he's not too worried yeah. about Colby. Yeah. He has to worry about Colby. It's going to be a long year. Yeah, he said, too bad for Colby. Colby's turned to pitch. He's got to come and pitch. Wash didn't tell us what he'll do on the only off day of the spring, but I bet you he'll have some fun. I bet you'll relax. Long days at spring training, especially when they end with a game like this. 14 runs, 15 hits for the Padres. And a strike called. So it's two and one. seats down the left field line. See Andy's numbers thus far in the spring. Just a 211 average. Had some minor injury issues. And a 2-1. Fouled off again. That'll be two and two. Heath Bell converted each of his last 34 save opportunities last year. 
saved 47 of 50 and led the majors with a 94% save rate. It may be one of the biggest reasons the Padres ended up 90 and 72 last year. They were only a couple of games behind the Giants. They didn't have a real good September. They were 12 and 16 in September. But they were in contention all the way. Yeah, they lost 10 consecutive games from the 26th of August until the 5th of September. And really let their NL West bunkmates, including the Giants, back into it. That's a walk. Best bullpen in the major leagues. They threw 20 shutouts. Second in the league in ERA. So their pitching carried them a long way. They've got a great part to pitch in. Good opportunity for Chris Davis against a top-notch National League pitcher with the bases loaded. Chris has had a hot spring. Swung the bat well last night. Had a home run and a double off the wall. Let's see what he can do here with the bases full of Rangers. And two out facing Heath Bell. Starts him off with a strike. That one's upstairs for a ball. Bell is kind of a fidgety guy out there. He walks all over the place, tugs at his hat, moves his arms around. As opposed to, say, Neftali Feliz, who barely moves to be out yeah. there. Doesn't really have much to do with anything. Everybody has their own idiosyncrasies on the mound. Bell's a big guy. 6'3", 259 pounds is his official lead. Listed weight, 259, not 260, 259. Way high. Seems like when he misses, he, he misses badly. And it's two and two. Maybe that's just a spring thing. Brandon Webb talked about that today, saying he's just, just a half a tick off. And it feels like it's such a huge thing to a pitcher who knows his body so well and knows where he's supposed to be so well. Chris Davis checks the swing. I was getting a workout in though. Yeah. There were a lot of pitches in this inning. Yeah. And here comes the full count pitch to Chris Davis. Runners going. Davis hits it a long way. Did he hit it long enough? Yes, he did. Grand slam. Chris Davis and the Rangers finally get a big inning. He launched that all the way over the grass in right center field. It was high and that was far. Bell threw a good high fastball that he got in there for a strike and got that one down a little bit, a little more in Chris's wheelhouse. And he launched it just like he did last night. Hit the home run last night. And a line shot double off the wall. And a lot of Rangers here tonight. And they finally have a little bit to cheer about here in the seventh inning. Most of them have stayed. I think Bell has probably maxed out his pitch count. He might not get through this inning. Listen. 
Good thing about that. That pitcher's on the inside part of the plate. And Chris was able to turn on it and get the good part of the bat on it. He knows that thing's gone. Where the ball's been carrying the right field. There's no way that was staying in here. Yeah, it's way up that grassy hill out there in right center field. And that will do it for Heath Bell. Rangers get a big one from Chris Davis, a grand slam, the first of the spring. And it is 14 to 5 now. The Padres still with a big lead. We talk about the new pitcher next on TXA 21. And that'll bring up Jose Ruiz. Backup designated hitter on this night, replacing Yorvi Torrealba in the Rangers lineup. Two out and a runner at first. Fouls this one straight back to the screen. There's Chris Davis, CD as we call him. One of the hottest Rangers of the spring so far. Louise slaps another one foul. So it's no balls and two strikes. For Davis, that's now 15 RBIs in the spring. And you add the four tonight to the 11 he already had. He's got reason to feel good about the spring he has put together. All he can do is what he can do. He is certainly making the Rangers coaching staff take notice of the way he's been hitting the ball. Played mostly at third base, but once at first already. Rangers know he can play first. Is looped and in there for a base hit. So it still isn't a one-two-three inning for the Rangers. Baxter on at first base. And we'll get another pinch hitter for Hundley. Kyle Phillips. Is the new hitter, and you see there they saw it Baxter off and he got it out there a little Texas leaguer. So Tom Cole will work from the stretch for the runner at first. And Kyle Phillips up for the first time tonight. Phillips played 74 games at AAA last year. Follows this one straight back and out of play. Off the wall of the press box. In fact, it, it looked at the window of the press box and it looked like it was headed right for T.R. Sullivan. T.R. didn't even flinch. This one is roped into the gap in right center field. It's down for a base hit. Stopping at third base is Guzman. Stopping at first 
is Kyle Phillips. I think there's been a couple of times where Padres could have waved home a run, at least made it a close play at the plate, but in this kind of a game with 14 runs in, haven't been quite as aggressive as they might have been if it was a one run game or a two run game where there, you really needed that extra run. Tomko with two quick outs gave up the little blooper to Baxter and the line drive base hit to Phillips. Try to get Eric Patterson to toss a shutout inning up there. Get out of a first and third jam if he does that. First pitch is a little high and inside for a ball, so it's one and oh. Ron Washington was asked today about some of the struggles that guys who came out of the bullpen, basically, I think no one was named, but they were talking yesterday about. The O'Day performance and the performance by Mark Lowe and Ron says he's not worried about guys with the track record. Whoever asked the question didn't name names, but that was the clear implication. He says, "Look, guys with track records, I don't worry about on the 16th of March. We believe in them, and we believe they will be ready by the 1st of April. They've proven things like that." You is there a point at which you start to worry about guys like that in the spring? I don't. Th I don't think so. You know, I, th I think it's a lot more important what you've done over a career, what your track record is, than how you've done in a couple of weeks of spring training. Anybody can have a really good week or a really bad week with 25 at bats or 11 or 12 innings. I think you have to put a lot of credibility in that, provided the guy's healthy, in good shape, throwing the ball. Fairly well, swinging the bat fairly well. Just might be going through one of those down periods. Sometimes it doesn't seem fair that a guy without a track record could do so well and not make the team. But that's, I think that's just the way it is. It's common sense that if you've done it before, there's reason to believe you do it again. Runners at safe at first base. Baxter comes in to score. An infield single, and there are runners at first and second. Patterson just beat it out. A little chopper. And he can run pretty well. Herman flipped it quickly, but without much on it. I don't think he had a good grip on that ball. He almost threw a changeup to first base. Patterson beat it out. That high chop in the concrete jungle. Had a little something to do with that base hit as well. And now it's Kevin Franzen. And an RBI double in the sixth inning. See if Tom Coe can get him here. Brett got those two quick outs, but was allowed the next three to reach. All with singles. And it's 15 to 5. 
Steps into the Rangers dugout on a hop and back out. Six thousand one hundred forty four people here tonight. Some of them dwindling now, but that was the crowd at the zenith. And there's Matt Trainer with a nice shot into left field. So a one out single for Trainer. And here comes Julio. That's Matt's fourth hit of the spring. He's four for 12 now. Log jam at catcher with Mike Napoli getting some of the reps in your V and Taylor Teagarden. Matt hasn't gotten just a ton of opportunity in games thus far. And he makes the most of one opportunity right there with a one out single. Yeah, Matt had one of the I think one of the biggest hits of the year last year when he hit that extra base hit down in Florida to win a ball game late in the game. Yeah, against his former team, you had to feel really yeah. good for him that night. That was a big one. It was a triple to win that game. Right in the middle of a Ranger winning streak. It was a strike to Julio Borbone. It's one ball and two strikes. Yeah, hard to decide whether Matt or Andres Blanco was the better find right at the end of spring training last year. They were one and one A. That was a good road trip for the Rangers. They they swept in Milwaukee. Kobe Lewis had a great game against Umani Gallardo. Beat him four to two and actually had a big hit to drive in a couple of runs on a eight or nine pitch at bat where he battled, finally got a pitch to hit, hit a ground ball down the left field line to drive in a couple of runs. Strike three called and Julio Borbon heads back to the dugout. That's two strikeouts, both looking in the inning. And here comes Esteban Herman. Going up a couple of hits and three strikeouts in his five batters. Randy Flores, slider. Julio knew that was strike three. Yeah, he didn't didn't even hesitate as he headed back toward the dugout. Herman had a double in the seventh. It was one of the four runs that scored. Chris Davis hit his grand slam. That was the only big inning for the Rangers. On a night when the Padres have had nothing but big innings. It's not actually true. They had three in the first. Four in the second, five in the third. Then the Rangers pitchers put up a couple of zeros. But two in the sixth and one in the seventh inning make it 15 to five in favor of the Padres. They've tripled the Rangers run total. They've doubled the Rangers hit total. It's 18 to nine. A very uncharacteristic five errors for the Rangers. I guess maybe you look at it like, hey, at least we got all our er errors in the same night.
Full count now to Herman. Off the protective screen in front of the Rangers dugout. Trainer will head back to first base. A little chilly for the natives here. It's awfully nice for us. Don't feel cold at all, but the local Arizonans are in sweatshirts. Bundled up with a blanket. Another foul in the same spot. Another chance for Trainer to head back. Indiana Jones is here. <laughs> He's bearing down, boy. He is. Tucker actually made it to the big leagues pretty quickly for Florida. He was the first of their 2005 draft class to reach the majors in 2008, but the only year of his career that he actually has pitched at the major league level. Two one from the big right hander is high for a ball. It's three and one. There's a strike called and the count runs full. Three and two on Luis Durango. And that one is chopped down the first baseline and foul. We'll do it again at three and two. Seems like um, this juncture in the game, the umpire might give the benefit of the doubt to fair as opposed to foul there. No doubt about that one being fair and oh, it's under the glove. Vestibon Herman and into right field. We said it about five times tonight. This is just one to forget. When this one's over, Come back out and try to get a little better tomorrow, but the pitchers have been hit pretty hard. 18 hits, and the fielders have had a bad night too. That's the sixth error on the night. I guess the one pitcher that really looked good tonight was Pedro Strope. Gave up a few hits, but boy, he pitched out of a second and third no out jam, struck out four in his two innings. Probably the one pitcher that has looked the best tonight. Ryan Tucker's in the dirt with that first offering to Everett Cabrera. And the Padres have hit enough balls hard tonight where you can't just say it was the defense. But the pitchers would have fared a lot better if all the plays got made. Who knows what would have happened in some of those long innings if early in the inning some defensive plays had been made. That one's hard hit right behind Tucker and right up the middle into center field. Oh, boy. Look the way to 
start getting my scorebook. What happened there? I did the same thing. I just saw the errant throw. And I, I mean, on, on the ground ball single to center, you don't assume that something yeah. bad is going to happen. Let's see. Think, oh, is it from the throw the comes throw? in. He ate on the throw. Actually, he threw it to third, and Chris Davis wasn't looking. It was first and second, and Chris didn't anticipate there would be a throw to third. There's no play at third base. Generally, that throw would come into the cutoff man, but I think the cutoff man had gone for the ball, so there really wasn't a cutoff man. And Julio had some choice. He could have run in with the ball and just made sure that no one moved up. He could have just tossed it to someone, even though they weren't in position to be a cutoff man. He instead threw it to third, which is really nothing wrong with that. It's just Chris didn't expect it. The throw was fairly accurate, but Chris had his side, his back turned to the side and reached back with his hand, couldn't get it, went back, and both runners moved up for an E8. Actually, it wasn't an errant throw. Just no one was ready for it. Still, you get the feeling that Julio might be sitting with Gary Pettis on the bus ride home. <laughs> you know, that's one if, if if Chris expects the throw. There's a good throw from Chris there. Chris has a good arm. Yeah. If Chris expects the throw and catches it, no one even notices that the throw came into third base. It really was, can't say anything wrong with the throw. Right. Just Chris didn't expect it. Uh -huh. Get a good look at Chris's, the arm strength that he has at third base. You don't expect a first baseman to go over, in the, over there at third base and throw like that. But he's played well at third base. Arm strength, definite plus for him over there. Here comes Logan Forsythe. There is one out. Runners at second and third. Another Rangers pitcher, Ryan Tucker, working out of a jam here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Rangers trailing it by 10. And at this point, we'd just like to get on the bus and get on out of here. Well, I can't remember the last time I saw a team with seven errors in the game. Certainly not a range. I don't think we team. have to worry about seeing it again soon. No. They have been get very it. clean defensively. Get it out of your system. So it's one ball and two strikes to Logan Forsythe. Spent the season at double A last year. Played in 170 games. Drove in 38 runs. He's got a chance to drive in a couple here. Ryan Tucker a little outside and careful with that one and it's two and two. There's a strike called and he is out of there. 
He doesn't even move the bat and Logan Forsythe goes down on strikes. It's the second out of the inning and it brings up Jesus Guzman. Pedro Strope pitched out second and third no out jam in his first inning. Maybe Ryan do the same thing right here. That one's in the dirt. First offering to Guzman. Blocked by Matt Trainer, and it's one ball and no strikes. Last game of five in a row against National League West competition. And the Rangers have not fared too well against the National League West here in Cactus League play. There's a strike. Two balls and one strike. Tomorrow will be in Goodyear, Arizona for the Cleveland Indians. That game will start at 9 o'clock on TXA 21. Don't forget about the pregame show at 8.30 in the dirt. And it's 3-1. and one. Had a good night as far as the Rangers pitchers go, and there's a strike to Andy Chavez. It's one and one. Rangers on the verge of falling below 500 in the spring. With the loss, they'll be 9, 10, and 1 in Cactus League play. Wave and a miss by Andy Chavez, and it's one ball and two strikes. And they will remain winless at night. We've got three more night games here in the Arizona sky, and then a couple of night games one in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, one in Round Rock. There will be eight total night games during the course of the spring. And then, of course, a steady diet of night games in the regular season, especially once the heat moves in in Texas. This one is grounded, foul, down the first baseline. And he had a walk in the sec uh, seventh inning and rode home on Chris Davis's grand slam. Way outside. And the count runs full. And this one is sliced into left center field. Coming on to make the catch is Eric Patterson. And there are two away. 
Hasn't been a good defensive game for the Rangers. The Padres have made some nice plays, though, especially in the outfield. Maven made a terrific diving play. They've run down some balls, made some nice plays in the infield, too. Orlando Hudson made a couple of really good plays. And there, that might, yeah, well, that might be the hat of the night right there as we try to put a cap on this game. Oh, it's a beard, too. I thought it was her hair. Faith in Vigora. She's a little leprechaun, isn't she? Chris Davis now stepping in. She's got an Irish face about her, too. She's she's right off the boat. <laughs> the more you talk like that, the more I'm starting to get used <laughs> You're to it. You're starting to get used yeah. to it? Kind of wishing I'd done the whole game like no, that. No, but you? maybe starting in the sixth <laughs> inning, it would have made the last three innings go a little better. The Irish always end their sentences with a question. Don't I like they? the way they talk. And end the sentences with a question, don't they? I don't know about Irish, but do you ever notice how people with an English accent sound smarter than we do? Oh, there's no question. They can say whatever they want, yeah. but they sound smarter than we do. do. Why is that? They, they don't, don't think we sound smart. No, sadly. Maybe that's because we don't. Well, I don't know. Because we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Davis hits this one high in the left field, but not quite deep enough. There to get it is Mike Baxter, and this St. Patty's Day game is over. No pot of gold at the end of this rainbow for the Rangers. They lose it 15-5, and we'll be back with more right after this on TXA 21.